Welcome to my den. Y'all, I've never done an episode like this where I'm going to attempt to predict the future. And as you listen to what I'm about to share, think of it as my version of George Orwell's 1984. I'm going to look 10 years into the future and walk you all through my conversation with ChatGPT about what a possible future will look like and how those phases will play out over the next 10-ish years as we integrate AI into our society. Now, these three phases I'm gonna walk you through today literally come from my conversation with ChatGPT about possible impacts on our economy, on career pathways, on organizational structures, on social impacts across our society and our globe. There's positives, there's negatives, we're taking all of this and uh, dumping it into this very interesting conversation. I, th I think you're you're just going to find this fascinating. What my conversation with ChatGPT as our guest today ended up looking like. Now, if you have been a longtime listener of the Native Digital Show, you will know that back in I believe it was August of last year, we interviewed Pear Damgard Husted, who is an AI expert, the author of an amazing book around AI. And of course, this interview occurred way before ChatGPT was all the rage. And Pear said something really interesting that I want to capture here. He said, in a world with AI, it's going to do two things multiply the wealth of the globe by at least 10 times in a very short time frame. He even predicted potentially 10 times year over year that the global wealth would be increased by AI. And secondly, it would require humans to redefine our value beyond our careers. Because if AI takes over a large number of technical specialized jobs, and is seamlessly integrating behind the scenes, then of course, humans will have a very different lifestyle. So I wanted to bring that back up because Pear is brilliant. And literally, if you get a chance to go back and listen to his episode, it was a fascinating look into his projections about AI before we even really felt as a consumer what AI was going to look like. I can't wait for you to listen to these three phases. So without further ado, buckle up your machines or your time machines to the future if you're cool like that. And join me in my living room with our guest today, ChatGPT. You're listening to Native Digital, Native Analog, the show where we unpack the collisions and commonalities between my generation and yours. I believe that if you don't have a native digital on your board of directors, your leadership team, or at least one you pay to pester you like a fly in your ear, your business won't survive. Let's change that today. So clearly we're living in a world of turbulence. And that's actually what I labeled phase one of what I predict is going to happen with AI and the integration of AI into our daily lives as humans. So phase one, we're calling turbulence. Because here's my prediction of what's going to happen over the next couple of years. And who knows, it might occur faster. 
I, I asked ChatGPT to help me envision, you know, looking 10 years out and backing up what might be many of the changes we're going to see. And here's what we came to. So in the next couple of years, my prediction is that America, really the globe, is going to go through this incredible period of turbulence or continue this period of turbulence where people are scared for their jobs, for their income. Right. So in the next few years, we've got companies like IBM who are already announcing they're going to be laying off and or replacing 7,800 jobs with AI automation, which, you know, to some people who hear that figure, it is frightening. The idea that so many jobs could be replaced by AI. Then you have people on the other side, like me, who are excited about this because it means that all of the roles that people typically were doing that may have not been fulfilling, you know, the, the phone call answering, the customer service roles, the, the back office roles that are not just creatively fulfilling to humans are going to go away. And I see a lot of exciting displacement in that. So whatever side of that fence you're on, this is the phase that I predict is this turbulence, right? So we've got jobs getting displaced by AI tech as the technology gets more proficient. We also are going to see a massive amount of economic disruption, which I just believe will be augmented from, you know, a post-COVID world and all of the displacement that's already happening in careers with people switching from a career they thought they'd be in for decades over into something brand new, you know, shifting from hospitality into healthcare, shifting from manufacturing into sales. And uh, my friends, many of them have already been through these major shifts in their life in career places they never thought they would be. And we're about to see that only exponentiate. What I also think is going to happen, and again, if you're a longtime listener of this show, then you know I'm a strong capitalist. I believe in capitalism to the extent that I don't believe that the government should be providing pretty much anything. And that's going to come into play a lot later um, as we get into uh, discussion in phase three. But essentially, there's, I think, what will happen in in this particular aspect of turbulence is the government is going to try to step in with really major initiatives to address unemployment that is going to occur in this transition period. Now, I'm a firm believer, again, as a capitalist, in saying, let's let the private market figure this out. There's hiring ebbs and flows and things that have been happening in the past couple of years that we never could have predicted economically. Um, you know, pre-COVID, but now we're living in a new reality. And so the government's going to freak out and the people are going to freak out. And naturally, we're going to have massive government initiatives to address problems like unemployment, displacement of work, upskilling than we've ever seen in the past. And I don't believe that's a good thing, but it's going to happen, in my opinion. So this turbulence, this phase one, I would say probably will last in the next two to three years, just this massive economic disruption, everyone feeling on edge. There's going to be some companies that really take this positively and hopefully schools as well that transition toward reskilling and or upskilling programs to help their people become agile, lifelong learners and continuously adapting to changes happening all the time. Now, there is also going to be growing discussions around topics that in the past may have been, you know, considered socialist 
policies, but now because of AI are actually becoming reality. And I say that as someone who, again, is a very strong free market, free thinker, capitalist, native digital, um, I definitely see that the world is headed toward a conversation around universal basic income. And I actually don't think that's bad. We'll get to that in phase three. One other thing I uh, myself and ChatGBT believe or is going to be a major impact of this first phase is that the daily life of a human is going to start to shift already. So whether that's careers or just how we spend our time, there's going to be even an even more immense rise in the freelancing and gig economy as traditional jobs decline. And, uh, and that will free up more time potentially for humans to pursue more creative tasks. Now, as we get into phase two, which I think will be, you know, in the next three to five, seven years, who knows, this might happen faster than, than I think. Um, I'm calling this second phase a new renaissance. So once we get through the turbulent times where there's this, you know, cat fighting over should AI replace jobs? Can we interject market solutions from the government to try to help control the amount of unemployment? Once we get past all of those and sorted through it, I believe we're going to see a beautiful renaissance for humanity. And this comes back to what Pear was talking about, which is humans are going to have to define redefine where their value comes from other than their careers, their jobs, etc. Because we're going to live in a world, a renaissance, I believe, where AI has replaced 80, 90 or more percent of these specialized, skilled jobs. And as a result of that, if you know AI is working seamlessly behind the scenes, integrating technologies, delegating humans, et cetera, et cetera, we're going to see a lot more time that humans have on their hands to do creative things. I cannot wait for this. So I think what will come out of it is we're going to have humans who begin to, the healthy ones at least, redefine their value in terms of how much they can tap into creativity, into innovation, imagination, empathy, and originality. And ChatGPT agrees with me. So actually, let me read this. So GPT says, in this phase, the focus shifts to the unique strength of humanity. Creativity, emotional intelligence, and innovation take center stage as humans embrace their capacity for imagination, empathy, and originality. Lifelong learning becomes essential as individuals seek continuous education and exploration of new domains. But essentially, I see us returning to a world, which I think is beautiful, where people go to pursue higher learning simply because they want to. If they want to go study and get a major or a master's or a doctorate in poetry, they could. They could go study Latin and not have the expectation of a job from it, but simply for the very nature of studying it and enjoying it and discussing it. Sort of like back in the, uh, in, in the 18, 17 and 1800s when wealthy families could send their children to prestigious universities simply to have conversations about literature. And so I think we're going to see a massive shift in education, in, um, in the way that corporate upskilling works, because humans will be emerging into new roles like managing AI systems and exploring the possibilities of AI and 
they'll have more free time to explore their own unique interests. I could even see a world where the majority of humans only quote unquote do work for a corporation during this renaissance, maybe two to three days out of the week. And the remaining time of their week is spent nurturing their families, making memories together, and, and tapping into their creative or artistic pursuits or analytical pursuits or music or literally whatever they've been wanting to do. I also think something that's going to happen in this renaissance is a shift back to the physical world. If AI begins to take up so much again of these specialized technical job roles, then that enables humans to legitimately focus on building better physical worlds. You know, we get to put back our time into architecture and into making the physical infrastructure of our globe function much better. And I'm incredibly excited about that because if this renaissance happens, the push toward the analog world is going to hopefully have a, a major positive impact on our mental health, on our connections to human beings, and on our connections to the natural world. And I, I see that as being beautiful. And the final thing I'll say about this second phase, the renaissance of humanity, is I believe there's going to be a return to the spiritual in a way that we haven't seen in generations. And I see this coming from, again, this redefining of value. So um, as a Christian myself, I know that so much of my value and the reason I do my work is because I want to make an impact on other people and I want to share the love that comes from God, from Jesus, like a loving God who, who values each human and that we're called every day to do our best work and to help others and to serve them. And I believe during this renaissance that just spirituality as a whole, um, whatever religion it is, is going to see a resurgence in people really pursuing the, the more religious and, and core parts of who they are, really searching for their humanity and their value and understanding why they're here in a way that we can't really grasp in a world that's so distracted and so turbulent during this current phase. So I'm excited for this renaissance. Um, as a flip side of the coin, GPT and I were talking about the potential negative impacts of the, the renaissance or um, this, this particular phase. And I think that we're going to see potentially the opposite for some people of that renaissance occurring. So some people will choose this time of, of the Renaissance to instead of pursuing creative things or more connection with people, they'll pursue the opposite. They'll pursue laziness. Uh, I hope we don't get to a point where we live in a world like Wally, where people are just sitting around waiting for the next thing to stimulate their dopamine. I don't think we'll get there because as humans, we, most of us at our core, crave having purpose and something to energize us and work to do. And uh, honestly, if we're seeing anything like Wally, I think that's happening currently, right now with our, our content driven world. So, anyway, we will see what happens, but I believe the positives for the humans who decide to make it positive in that renaissance are going to be uh, far, far greater than the consequences. Okay. Let's talk about the third major phase that I believe will occur. And I believe this phase is called augmented coexistence. So in augmented coexistence, which 
Again, I don't know how quickly this will happen, but it might be faster than we think. Seven to 10 years away, maybe 10 or more years away. But I believe we'll get to a point faster than we can even imagine, where AI and humans will coexist and we'll have figured out all the kinks and we won't be bouncing back and forth on this pendulum of, are we too lazy? Are we spending too much time in our creative pursuits, et cetera, et cetera. And in this augmented coexistence, we'll get to a point where there's a state of symbiotic collaboration between humans and AI systems. I think we'll see in this phase for this to happen that ethical considerations and regulations have become um, addressed by governments and policies so that we're generally as a population on the same page about how AI works in our society. I think we'll get to the point where it's as uncontentious a topic as the way that signage on the road works, for example, that we all have a system by which we operate when it comes to, you know, red light means stop, green light means go, etc. That same idea will happen in our AI systems. It'll just be like we're partnering with AI and that's just the way it is. Now, this phase might come sooner or it might come later than I'm thinking, depending on, you know, how quickly certain populations end up either adapting to technology or end up dying, um, which is <laughs> terrible to say. But the point is, you know, obviously the resistance from AI is coming from all ages, not just older people, not just um, natively analog humans. It's coming from native digitals as well. But I think we'll get to a point where we as a society will have to make a decision about how human um, how humans work with AI. So here's a couple of things I see happening during augmented coexistence. And this is where the impacts on society and the economy are going to get really fascinating. And they're, again, concepts that I hadn't considered until I realized, wow, we are quickly entering a reality where really humans will not be doing the majority of work, unlike any other time in history. And I'm excited about that because again, we can pursue more creative things, but it's going to require sort of a rephrasing of what the purpose of humans is. So let's talk about some of these economic impacts. I alluded earlier to this idea of universal basic income. And I believe that in phase three, we're going to get to a point where a UBI is not just sort of a, a natural response to, to this phase, but actually a necessity. And here's why. So when I say universal basic income, I don't mean a payout that the government gives. I actually mean a payout that private corporations make to populations of humans to keep them out of the way of innovation. So for example, if you're, um, let's just take SpaceX as an example, because who knows, Elon Musk is probably gonna be the one leading this charge when it comes to UBI, I would not be surprised. So let's say Elon decides that he wants to make, you know, his dreams of, of space travel and all that become accessible to, you know, a middle-class population and whatnot. So he decides, all right, to get the best employees and to get other people out of the way of innovation and to, to get them to stop voting for these government policies that are hindering us from making progress as a society. Maybe SpaceX decides to, to compensate as if they were employees, 
thousands of people to help prevent them from getting in the way of innovation. And so as AI and humans are working symbiotically, you have private corporations who I believe will step up um, and start paying this universal basic income. Now, Systems don't work according to what I wish they would do. That's what I wish they would do. Private companies take care of UBI. What will probably occur is the government's gonna do it. Either way, I think UBI is just simply a fact in our future, regardless of whether we like it or not or where it comes from. I hope private companies lead the charge first and that the government doesn't have to step up and provide this because of course we all know there's way more inefficiency when, a when the government does something versus when private corporations do. So I believe at this phase 10-ish, seven, 10-ish years away that we're going to have UBI as a basic standard in our economic system, likely replacing the lower class um, the class structure, that would be a fun conversation to have with GPT that I did not have about like how class structure will change. And who knows, we might end up in a world that looks entirely different, flips the class structure on its head, gets rid of gaps and actually creates a better society for everyone. But it could also go the opposite way. Okay, so we've got the, the economic side. I believe in this phase, new job roles and industries will not just emerge, but will be the new standard and it's going to change so fast. I believe every student who's in college right now is going to graduate into a world that <laughs> requires almost everything they learned from their college degree to be completely shifted. Like that's how fast we're shifting with AI. So by the time we imagine just, you know, get 10 years down the road, the jobs we're going to have are going to look so vastly, incredibly different from the jobs people have right now that I can't even begin to express how how vastly shifted I think this will be. I, I think some of the numbers I'm seeing come out, you know, everyone's speculating, so it's not like we can get specific, but they're speculating, you know, 80%-ish of the jobs that will exist in 2033 are not currently in existence right now, I actually think that's gonna be higher. I think we're going to end up in a world that looks so drastically different, we cannot even imagine the new job roles and industries that are going to emerge as AI advances. I also think, just looking again at compensation models, that these are gonna drastically change for every single company. And one of the exciting things I'm looking forward to in this third phase is the potential for value-based compensation. We're quickly headed toward this world anyway when it comes to careers, you know, that people are looking at the value you're adding and not just the degree you have or the letters after your name and I'm trying to lead that charge, but I believe we're gonna shift drastically sometime during either phase two or phase three in this renaissance or the augmented um, augmented coexistence phase where you know people are really being compensated rather than the traditional hourly or salary based, but just literally based on outcome and value. So if someone could, you know, uh, generate an additional percentage of revenue, or if they had a project that really does add value to whatever the company defines value as. The companies could do performance-based pay, maybe profit-sharing arrangements or commissions tied to the success of projects. And 
To be frank, I believe so much value from AI is going to be created that we have no concept in our minds right now of what the value of money, of currency, is going to be at that time. I I literally think with just the wealth that's going to be created that sometimes we forget, even just looking back 30, 40 years, how much better the global economy is for most people compared to what it was in the mid, you know, mid 20th century. Um, there's some fascinating studies out there about just in general, like how much more wealth there is, how much less poverty for the average person in most countries that we sometimes, because of the negativity of the media, completely overlook. Um, so anyway, I, I just think we're about to see in phase three some systems and models that we've never even thought of when it comes to compensation and the economy and social changes, and it's going to be exciting to watch. The other thing I believe that will happen in phase three is that social entrepreneurship and impact investing are going to be at the tippity-tippity top of everyone's radar. Because with the rise of AI and the increased focus on creative pursuits from the Renaissance era, there could be a rise of social entrepreneurship where, you know, people might simply start companies or ventures or initiatives just for the sake of um, you know, making an impact somewhere around the globe. And even though we're seeing this happen right now, it's still a you know, small, relatively speaking, number of people who can devote their careers and their lives to social impact investing or entrepreneurship. And I believe that pendulum is gonna swing really far to the side as people, again, strive to find value, strive to find ways to make an impact on the world. Okay, that was a lot. So just to recap, I believe we're going to hit three phases. First, there's gonna be turbulence. That's what we're experiencing right now. And then a renaissance of humanity somewhere around, you know, four to five years from now. And then hopefully eventually we'll move into augmented coexistence where AI just becomes part of our lives. And um, I'm excited about it. And we'll see how long it takes us to get there. So. I hope you enjoyed this uh, perspective from a native digital on sort of my version of 1984. I would really love to hear your thoughts. We post um, information about all of our episodes on my LinkedIn page and the native digital native analog LinkedIn page. So if you want to join this conversation and and give me your thoughts on you know, your version of 1984, what you think the future would look like, uh, please go and interact with my page. I respond to every single comment uh, that is left on my page because I really value your opinions and thoughts. So hit me up and let's talk about this because ultimately we get to create the future that we want and we can use AI to do it now. Thanks for listening to the Native Digital, Native Analog Show. If you enjoyed this episode, I'd really appreciate it if you would subscribe, leave a rating and review, and tell your friends. If you're looking to connect and talk more about attracting and retaining native digitals, you can reach me at hannahgwilliams.com. Thanks again, and I'll see you next time. Yeah.